Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brought to you by Black and Tan Sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Puckin' Hostel Shoutcast number five. Gatekeeper here with my usual partner in crime, Patrick Stankus from PuckRant.com. Uh, you can find him on the Twitters at Patrick underscore Stankus and, of course, at PuckRant.com. Uh, today is Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night, the 17th, and, uh, you know, another hot summer night in Chicago, and uh, so, uh, Pat, how are you? Not too bad. Now we're officially in the dog days of summer, now that there is no hockey whatsoever. It's so weird watching a hockey, like, when it's 90 degrees outside, you know? And that's my biggest argument against a... uh, that whole Sun Belt expansion. I couldn't. I couldn't watch a game in shorts. It's just not right. Well, I could do it, but it would just feel weird. Yeah, I, I couldn't go to a game like that, though. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, um, we got a lot to uh, to go over. Um, I guess we we could start from the top. Um, just one little thing I wanted to uh, to touch on, and I don't even want to spend a lot of time on it because it's really fucking irrelevant. But um. That Dan Carcillo uh, abuse of the officials penalty um, ended up getting changed by the NHL, which to me defeats the whole purpose. Because if you're going to suspend a guy and it's an automatic suspension, and then he can go and he can challenge that and get it reduced, what the hell good is an automatic suspension? But that's just me. If, If I'm any future player... And I get an automatic suspension. You can bet your ass I'm going to appeal it. Automatic or not, I would. I would just. <laughs> I, I would. Any suspension, I would automatically go in and uh, question it. And uh, it looks like you know, based on anyone that's questioned it, and you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these agents are uh, lawyers or previously lawyers. Um, you know, they could fight it. And uh, if that's the case, then why not just fight everyone? You might as well. Because you're going to yep. win. Yep, so. absolutely. But anyway, I, I don't want to spend too much time on Gorilla Salad. Yeah, that was his uh, five minutes, five seconds of fame, not even five yeah. minutes of fame. Yeah, five seconds of fame. He really did, you know, he really helped out the Rangers there with uh, coming back. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the big news is is uh, the the, uh, the LA Kings are now uh, two-time Stanley Cup champions. And uh, 
You know, they uh, have matched the Blackhawks in the salary cap era, having two Stanley Cup championships. Although I have seen it been floated around where they've uh, got T-shirts that say uh, back-to-back full-season Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, I saw that too. I, You know what? That's good humor to me. I enjoy that one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're they're really just screwing, you know, really screwing with us, but um you know, yeah, you got to have you got to have a sense of humor and stuff like that. It's you know. Yeah. And 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 really I I got no problems with the Kings. I got no problems with their fans. You know what? Congratulations. I'm a Jonathan Quick fan, so Yeah, know, there's more power not, to on them. the Kings. There's not really that that's kind of what was missing from the series with the Hawks is there wasn't a guy on that team where you had like the bitter hatred towards, you know, I know Dustin Brown's not the most popular guy in the world, but I, I really don't have anything against him. He plays on the you know on the edge, and I just think in Chicago we're not used to have seeing a player play like that. So when we see somebody play like that, we can call him dirty right away. But I think he's just a hard hardworking player. So you know, n- you know, congratulations to the Kings. You know, nothing uh, nothing against them. They were the better team than the Rangers. Uh, it was closer than I thought. So you know, yeah, it felt bad yeah. for Lundqvist <clears throat> at the end. I thought that his little uh, reaction there after. Martina scored the game winner, uh, kind of summed up every goalie's worst nightmare and how you feel after you play your ass off. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he is a great goalie, and uh, you can't take anything away from him. And uh, he fought hard. I mean, uh, what can you do? You can only do what the team in front of you gives you. And uh, the, the, that team just was not good enough. Uh, they, they get really – they pushed the series further than anyone thought they would anyway, so – you know, more power to him. I mean, uh, you know, hey, he's he's a good player. There's a lot of good players on that team. I can't see him returning to the Stanley Cup final, but um, they have a decent core there. Uh, we'll talk more about, you know, uh, buyout situations and things like that a little later. But, um, you know, that's really the bottom line. Um, the... Uh, I, I guess we could do a brief summary of the games. Um, Kings won uh, games one, two, and three. Uh, one and two were both in overtime. Uh, game three was Jonathan Quick shutout. Everyone had the uh, everyone had the uh, the Rangers going down in four, just being you know uh, whitewashed. And uh, they came back in game four, had a strong game. Even though they didn't dominate the game, they uh, they stayed in it long enough for Lundqvist to win the game for them. And then, uh, excuse me, um, then game uh, five, you know, the the, the Kings just uh, they just closed it out. Which you know what, honestly, if if you're a you know a team that's in that position, losing one game on the road and then coming back home to win the Stanley Cup at home. It's not the worst thing in the world, you know? I think that uh, all I heard about with the Kings is that they learned from uh, the 2012 Stanley Cup final against New Jersey and letting them come back in the series. So, to me, it was basically the Kings, you know, it was wrapping up in five. You don't want to have to make that cross-country flight back to New York for game six. And, you know, they did what they had to do. That was that overtime, the two overtime periods in game five were ridiculously good. They were yeah. as good at, uh, as good as the Hawks Kings overtime game. Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, but you know the, the Rangers were never going to outlast them. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, the Kings are too a much, better team. 
too much depth on the the kings. Yeah, and and I've heard it. You know, I, I've heard the idea floated around a lot that, uh, um, you know, that could have been the Blackhawks, and it could have been. It really could have been the Blackhawks. It was one bounce from the Blackhawks being in that same position. So you know, again, we you can't go back and say that this year was a complete and utter failure because it wasn't. They were one bounce away from being in the Stanley Cup final for the second year in a row, and uh, you know, it, it, they it, the result would have been the same. I mean, I don't think whether the the Kings or the Blackhawks made it to the final, the result would have been the same. Yeah, I think I, I got to agree with you on that one. It was kind of falling in that whole category of uh, the Western Conference final was, you know, the Stanley Cup final almost, and the winner of that was going to be your Stanley Cup champion. Uh, right. The Rangers, you know, the East was so outside of Boston. You could say, you know, it was very down, I would say. I mean, you had a couple hundred-point teams, but the fall-off, it just wasn't the same as the West. Well, yeah, I mean, a hundred-point teams, someone's got to win games, you know? Yeah. So you're, you're going to have people that, that get points, but, you know, the, the right now the East just can't compete. They can't compete at all. They're gonna, there's, something's going to have to happen for some team to, to jump up. I mean, Pittsburgh, they're, they're – they're a little top-heavy, but the bottom, they're very shallow in the bottom uh, the bottom half of the roster. And, uh, you know, Boston was probably, I keep hearing people go back and forth about how Boston, Boston would have made it a better series, Boston this, Boston that. Well, they didn't make it. They couldn't beat Montreal. So, you know, it, whatever. Uh, but, you know, it stays in the Western Conference. The Kings are a good team. Uh, there's uh, some some good bloggers over there on the in the on the Kings side. They have good sense of humor. And, They're uh, very good follows on Twitter too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Royal Half is really a bunch of good guys, and uh, I heard them uh, do a uh, podcast with the guys from the Committed Indian um, before the series, and all the guys from the Royal Half said. There's no way that the, the Kings are going to beat the, the Blackhawks, and, they, and for for them to be you know that brutally honest about their own team, I got to respect that because that's how I feel that a lot of the bloggers and uh, writers in Chicago are about the Blackhawks. We're, we're brutally honest. If we don't think the team's good, we're going to say we don't think the teams are good. We're not going to have this blind faith in the team. And if if they're not good enough, we don't think they're good enough, and we're going to point it out. And it was kind of the same way. You don't see that lot of, with a lot of teams, and I respect that with the Kings, uh, the Kings fans, or at least the blogs blogger side of it. Yeah, there's. I think it's uh, the Crown Royal blog is another good one too. That uh, they're pretty honest about their assessment of the the Kings as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, shout out to those guys. And uh, congratulations to them, you know. I know we, we were in the same position last year at this time, and uh, we know how it feels. And uh, I, I did say on Twitter, too, that uh, while I congratulate the Kings and I feel good for them and, you know, I think they're a deserving team, watching Dustin Brown raise that raising our Stanley Cup again was kind of irritating. <laughs> So, Come on! I just said I, I just said that we didn't have anybody to hate on the Kings, and now you gotta turn that around on me. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't hate the guy, <laughs> but seeing I, him raise our Stanley Cup is irritating. Probably one of the worst playoff beers you could ever see, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. This is coming from a fan base that has John or uh, that has uh, Patrick Kane. <laughs> 
So, yeah. And Jonathan Taves. So, but yeah, uh, you know, like you said briefly, you know, the, the Kings, uh, they, they went out to a 3 nothing lead in a series. Rangers came back and won one at home. Uh, that was the one the Rangers won was where uh, that uh, goal almost snuck between Lundqvist's legs and uh, it was Steppen. Uh, kind of crouched down on all fours and, and swept it back under. He, he made a nice play and swept it back under uh, Lundqvist to keep the game, you know, a 2-1 game, and then the, the Rangers ended up winning. Got to have that puck luck every once in a while. Oh, God, the puck luck. <laughs> I've been hearing nothing but people bitching about uh, the, uh, you know, people using the puck luck, puck luck, and that it's so cliche now. It is. I, I You know, I do have to say it is. I don't. I don't think I use that term. I may have at some point, but I. It's not like something that uh, I can imagine myself using. But I, I heard it an awful lot on uh, NHL Network Radio the last couple of weeks. No, oh, yeah, yeah. They use that. You know, I listen. I, I've been like bumping up my uh, my NHL or at least Blackhawks uh, podcast experiences with my long commute. And uh, there's a couple out there, and yeah, you, you do hear the the, the cliche ish. Uh, puck luck stuff and all that after a while it gets old yep I would definitely agree on that but now, now we're heading to that whole uh, summer of replays and the second uh, tier people that fill in all summer so probably going to be switching over to something else now than uh, NHL radio yeah yeah it's good during the season but even like the NHL network uh, TV channel uh, there's only so much of replays you can take yeah right you, you they got to think of some better programming, but I think uh, hockey this morning is on their last week, so it's definitely yeah. gonna make the morning commute a little longer now. It's gonna suck, yeah. Cause <laughs> I usually listen to to a podcast on the way in and a podcast back on the way out, and uh, usually that keeps me pretty good. At least I can listen to like you know Merrick versus Wyshynski on the way home, uh, but um, they usually during the summer they usually do like an every other day thing or something like that. So I'm, I'm not looking forward to not having that around because it's kind of nice to listen to. Even if the subject isn't always what I want to listen to, at least it's hockey talk. So. As long as it's not Phil Esposito talking. Oh. <laughs> I said last year, I said, I, I don't know how they let – I know he's a legend and everything like that, but I do not know how they let him at a microphone because it's so long and boring. So. That's very accurate. <laughs> mm. So anyway, uh, well, you know we've we've gone over that, and the Stanley Cup's over with, uh, and the the feeble parade in uh, L.A., which you know, whatever, I don't care either way. You I can make those, fun of it all you want, but I saw those side by side pictures, and it's like you know really. That's how, that's what it's come down to now with some Hawk fans. you got to say our parade was better. Who gives a shit? Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So it, it is what it is. I, I, don't, I don't care either way, to be honest with you. So um, we'll get into a little bit of um, recent uh, league news. Um, today... Uh, and yesterday, I think yesterday was when it started, was uh, the buyout, the uh, the NFC buyout window opened at midnight, I believe. So Monday, would have been Monday, 12.01 Monday. Um, 
there hasn't been a bunch of buyouts yet, but there's a lot of indication that there will be more to come. Uh, Aaron Rome from uh, Dallas was the first to go, which is kind of surprising because I don't have a salary in front of me, but I don't think his salary was that crazy out of control. So it kind of surprises me. But, you know, maybe they really didn't have much as far as, uh, you know, salaries that were really, they were really putting them, you know, really screwing them. So they just, you know, picked one and a guy they didn't want to keep around that they were signed for a long period of time and just let him go. So, but he was the first one to go. And then today, some more expected salaries went with the, the, uh, least surprising of all of them, which is Billy Leno in Buffalo. Uh, he was that, bought out. Yeah, that well, I'm surprised it took this long for that to uh, come out with him being bought out. Yeah, you'd think it would have been like at 12:02, <laughs> Leno was put on waivers because they have to put him on waivers first, I believe. Um, and uh, yeah, so we all knew that was coming, and. Uh, David Booth from uh, Vancouver, which hey, you know, anytime Vancouver gets screwed on something, I'm I'm all for that. So uh, hey, there you go, David Booth, who uh, was just basically injured his whole his entire uh, career in in uh, Vancouver. So yeah, talk uh, about a trade that didn't work out. Yeah, I'm looking at Aaron Rome at his salary, and uh, he was only making a million and a half dollars a year. And he was only signed through uh, the 14-15 season. So I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I guess whatever. If they felt they had to use their amnesty buyout because it was there, they couldn't have just waited. But yeah. for a million and a half to come off their uh, the cap, <laughs> I mean, it's a million and a half. It's not like it's five million bucks he's making. But okay, whatever. Uh, there, there's a, a, a there's some speculation. Uh, some other people that they're going to be buy it, bought out, buy it out, bought out. Uh, the first two are the Richards, the Richards quote unquote brothers, uh, Brad Richards in uh, New York and uh, Mike Richards in L.A. Um, I've heard it, Brad seems to be. The guy, he's definitely going. He's going to be bought out. Uh, they just can't deal with that salary and the the uh, the cap recapture at the end. You know, uh, just uh, he's not worth keeping around uh, based on him not. Uh, he he didn't. You know, he didn't provide much for the team. He didn't. He, I don't think he had a point in the final till the last game. I heard and uh, just you know he he hasn't lived up to his salary. And I believe he was making like seven mil or something like that a year, and until I thought it was seven years, forty nine million, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, something, it's something ridiculous. Where it goes back to that whole cliche too of just you know big contract, you go to the team you want to go to. Be careful what you wish for because could backfire on you, pretty pretty nasty. And I'd say it did for Richards. Yeah, yeah. Here's here's Brad Richards. I just looked up his salary. It's six six six. So it's all sixes. Uh, there you go. There's your answer. Yeah, all sixes uh, until 20, uh, 2019-20. So 
1920 season. So he's got a little ways to go before he was going to be done. I mean, he, he's just a guy you have to buy out. So, uh, you know, there's no big surprise there. Uh, I'll bring his up his name up a little later when we start talking about Hawks stuff. But uh, as far as the Hawks go, he's not really relevant because he's not coming to the Blackhawks. He wasn't coming to the Blackhawks a few years ago, and he's not coming now. So Yeah, when he nixed that trade back, uh, I, I believe it was the Hawks had a trade in place to get him out of Tampa, and he you know, said hell no to that one. Well, good for him. No, he has no Stanley Cups. Yeah. So... I think, though, of, of the two Richards, though, I, you've touched on it uh, with Mike Richards. If he were to get bought out, I think he'd be a really good option for the Blackhawks, but of the two, if we're going to compare the Richards ones. So, uh, like you said, we'll get into that one further down the road. But right. I think I'd keep I'd keep my eye on Mike Richards, that whole situation, because I think uh, L.A. probably would buy him out just so he could use that money on uh, re-signing Gabrick. Yeah, you know, um, I've been hearing both ways um, that maybe they'll just hang on to him and maybe they'll buy him out. I kind of lean towards them buying him out. I mean, he had a 12-year contract, 12 years, $69 million, which is five, five and three-quarter million a year uh, for 12 years. And uh, so he his contract ends the same year that Brad Richards ends, which is the 1920 season. It's not a ton of money. It's five and three quarter million. It's not a ton of money. I mean, that's like what you know Brent Seabrook makes, roughly, and uh, roughly in the area of what I believe Patrick Sharp makes. So it's not a ton of cash, but um, you know, it's till 1920. You're not going to want to. I don't know. If they're going to want to keep him that long. You might as well use it. I mean, if I'm the Kings, you might as well use it. You know, they're going to be a lot like the Blackhawks. They're going to be up against the cap. They're going to have young players that they're going to need to resign to bigger contracts, like Toffoli and, you know, these younger guys that are going to come off their entry-level deals, and uh, they're going to command some dollars. And you don't want that to be all eaten up by Mike Richards, who's, who's basically a fourth-line guy for you. Yeah. He'd fit, in, so. he'd fit in on other teams, but with the Kings – he is the fourth. He has a fourth line center on that team. Yeah. Now he was moved around, and he did end up coming up and playing. Uh, he did end up coming uh, playing with the uh, the Carter line, I believe, later in the uh, the cup when things weren't working out with the, uh, the that seventies line. But um, yeah, I think know. Sutter did uh, shuffle him around. For the yeah. most part, though, he was a, the fourth line right. center. Right. Yeah. But that's so. a, that's another again that, that speaks to what kind of player he is. He's willing to accept whatever role it, you know is asked of him, and you know it's very you know it's easy for an ego to get in the way of you know when you're asked to play fourth line role. Yeah, know, well, to, to sit there and sulk about it, and you know he he didn't do that. He could have turned into a Marty St. Louis. Yeah, you know, but he didn't. He just did what he did. He knew he had a good team, and he stuck with it. And now he's got another Stanley Cup out of it. So good for him. So, um, uh, after the Richards brothers, um, I've heard um, some goalie talk that the names uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and Cam Ward were floated. Now, Cam Ward probably is the most likely out of them to, to go. He makes too much money. Uh, you know, they're going to have to resign uh, their backup. I forgot his name. Oh, Could Anton Kudobin, yeah. And uh, they're going to have to resign him. They're going to have to give him some money. He played decently 
and uh, they're going to have some young guys coming around. So they're going to they might want to launch Cam Ward into the sun, and uh, he's the most likely of goalie buyouts right now. And the interesting name was Mike Mark Andre Fleury, which has turned out to be a playoff sieve. And uh, <laughs> polite way of saying it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know. I don't think he makes a ton of money, but I know he is signed for a little while, and uh, I can't see um, keeping him around. You know, they they have no faith in him. They really have no faith in the guy. I mean, they uh, they fall apart. He gives up a bad goal. The team just folds around him. No one backs him up. He's. He's only signed. He, he, what has he got? Five million dollars left on one more, one more year. More years. He has one, one more, more year. Fourteen, fifteen year. So he's got one more year left. I heard he may be bought, bought out so that they can do something with that money. You know, that's a fifty-fifty kind of deal. Five million for one more year. If you want to keep him around and see if he can do something, maybe I don't know. And it goes back to the confidence with me, and I don't think they have it in them. No, I don't know that anyone on that in that organization or that team, um, or in the western side of uh, Pennsylvania statewide. I don't think that people have much confidence in them either. No, I mean he could turn into Briscoff, who no one wants, no one wanted, and uh, you know, luckily he landed somewhere that needed a goalie. But Flurry's going to need something. You know, send him up to you know. Montreal or something to back up uh, Carey Price. I don't even know. Yeah, French Canada. French Canada. It's a very very thin uh, marketplace uh, or for a landing spot for goalies right now. There's not yeah. too many places that could you know that are going to take. I mean, Minnesota's probably maybe maybe a spot. Uh, Edmonton went out and acquired two goalies last year. Calgary, it's a question mark. Other than that, I had a real difficult time figuring out where goalies could land. Tell me this wouldn't be funny. What about in Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> With that shit show that's going on in there, have them backing up Bernier and get rid of Reimer. Just writes Tell its own that. material. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just something like something hilarious like that would happen. You know, they get a French Canadian goalie in Toronto, so that you know they uh, to oppose Montreal. Just something silly like that, but whatever, you know. Uh, some other names uh, that I've been hearing in, uh, in the bio talks are uh, Eric Cole in Dallas, uh, Martin Havlat, uh, Jordan Tutu, uh, Volchenkov in uh, in uh, New Jersey, and uh, the kind of funny one that I saw was uh, Ryan Malone in Tampa, uh, which I mean. What else are you going to do with the guy? The guy got arrested for DUI and possession of cocaine. I mean, nothing nothing says buyout quite like being arrested for a DUI and possession of cocaine while you're injured, I believe. I'm sure someone in the KHL will be lining up for his services, though. K- I, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Like you were saying something the other day, the... Uh, the Beach Roller Hockey League. Yeah, the, the Pro Beach Hockey, yeah. Yeah, Pro Beach Hockey might want them. They like all that stuff in L.A. Yeah. So. Hey, that was a real cool watch when you were 12 years old, and it was on at midnight in the summer. You know, I, I meant to, to bring this up, and I cannot stand the Pro Beach. The, the, that even existed. 
because the name and I brought this up. I actually was tweeting back and forth with Jeff Merrick about it uh, when he brought up roller hockey because he had played in a. Uh, I believe it was like she said a Narch tournament in St. Louis yeah, five, seven years ago or something like that. And I, I tweeted to him saying, you know, it's nice to see, you know, a, an ice hockey guy who actually stands up and says, hey, you know, I played roller and I enjoyed it. Because everyone, every ice, every staunch ice hockey player looks at roller hockey like it's pro beach roller hockey. That's what they imagine in their head when they look at roller hockey. And it's completely not that. It's while it is a different game from ice hockey, we both know this. Um, it is not pro beach roller hockey. I mean, no. that was that ruined the image of roller hockey forever. You didn't want to play with a giant ramp behind the net. Oh my god! I <laughs> I can remember watching like once or twice, and I was a roller hockey player, and I couldn't stand it. So you know that just goes to show you. you know, but the, you know the ice hockey players just look for anything to say. Roller hockey isn't real hockey. Well, it is. It's just, you know, a variation of ice hockey. And, and it is different, but it is hockey. And, you know, it. the good players, it does take some talent. And I'll, I'll actually touch on some more roller hockey a little later towards the end. <clears throat> so, anyway, um, uh, we touched on the buyouts. Uh, there's been uh, some rumors and some talk floated uh, about expansion teams. Um, I've heard a lot of talk, and I, you know, I know you have too, about maybe a team in Seattle. Uh, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, they would just have to consistently be able to sell, you know, tickets to these games. But you know, there are worse markets. Phoenix. So, <laughs> you know, there are worse markets that you could put a team in. And uh, while it would be a little surprising that uh, Seattle would get a team before uh, Quebec, from what I heard, Quebec doesn't really have the arena yet. So um, the other two choices, it was Quebec and uh, Hamilton, Ontario, which I believe were, you know, and then, uh, again, uh, Seattle were the... Uh, the teams or the areas that uh, were in the running for teams. So, well, if the Maple Leafs keep uh, torturing their fans, you know, uh, I, I don't think that a uh, certain percentage of those fans wouldn't mind seeing another team in southern Ontario. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's a good market. So, you know, the thing that love worries me about, there. The thing that worries me about Seattle is the proximity to Vancouver. And just, it, it, it kind of feels like that whole flavor of the month type thing where it'd be cool for a little bit, and then if you're not winning, it's going to fade out. You know, Winnipeg, you know, when they came back, they're selling out the building, but now they're in that win-now uh, mode where it, they're still going to sell out, even if they're not winning the Stanley Cup, but if they're as long as they're taking steps. I don't necessarily think you'll see that if... That's what worries me about Seattle is it'd be cool for a little bit, but then it would, you know, just kind of fade out and they'd be, you know, bottom tier attendance type team. Yeah. Well, you know. Versus a team in, you know, if they were to expand two more teams, you know, if Quebec's one, I think you always see Quebec and or even Hamilton. You'd see them, you know, consistently fill the building where, you know, just – it just it doesn't seem like a real hockey hotbed in Seattle. Yeah. 
Well, and it's a West Coast thing, you know. Yeah. You know you you, you have those West Coast trips in, in Vancouver and uh, you know L.A. and uh, San Jose, and those games start so late. You know that, that you know a lot of those teams don't get recognition because of the fact you know we've heard talk about you know Ajay Kopitar doesn't get the recognition he you know he really deserves because he played on the West Coast because don't, people don't stay up to watch those games because you know in New York where uh, you know a majority of these writers are at um, you know it's a four hour time difference or whatever three or four hour time difference whatever the case that's a big time difference. You're not going to want to stay up and watch a nine o'clock start or ten o'clock start, you know. So yeah, then you're talking about a game that doesn't end till uh, you know twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning over there on the East Coast. Probably one o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like when the Hawks go on the the West Coast. Uh, I don't like staying up for those games, especially if it's a game that's that's terrible. Oh my God! I, I there's no way I'm staying up this day that, to watch that whole game. I'm going to go to bed and I'll watch the replay in the morning because. Or the the highlights in the morning because just you know I got to be up at five in the morning I I, I can't be up till one o'clock watching a a boring West Coast you know November game or whatever so yeah I, I used to be you know where I, I didn't really care how late I stayed up watching hockey but now you know you know five thirty comes around fairly quickly in the morning and sometimes I got to be up you know before that so you know, it's kind of I don't know if that's old age taking over on me but it's you know it's gotten to that point where it's like yeah. Twelve thirty. It's you know, it's not for me anymore. Well, you're, and you're a lot younger than me, so you know, I, I used to be able to stay up till two in the morning and then get up at four thirty. It's not that easy anymore, you know, with kids and all that other stuff. So fast approaching the age of thirty, and the life is changing fairly quickly now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> wah, right? I know yeah. everyone listening is like, wah, wah. You're forty now. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, the uh, let's see, we got some other uh, some other quick uh, quick uh, news with. Uh, I, I'll just touch on this quickly because it really isn't necessarily relevant right this year, but it will be relevant coming up next year. And that is uh, Mike Babcock uh, will unless uh, Detroit goes out and uh, pulls the Brinks truck up to his front yard. Uh, Mike Babcock could be looking for employment elsewhere and he wouldn't be looking long but that wouldn't be until you know next year so if bruce boudreaux could get a job two days after he's fired it's probably going to be 20 minutes before mike babcock gets a second shot if he were not to renew his contract in detroit 20 minutes i i would think the conference call with the nhl would be interrupted by three teams asking for his services and you know the one team who probably going to end up be probably kicking themselves in the ass, and I've heard a lot of rumors about this, was that Pittsburgh wanted Babcock bad. Like, they wanted to trade for Babcock. I heard those rumors, too. While I don't think you can actually technically trade for a coach, you can work out some kind of deal somehow. With compensation. Is, yeah, which which technically isn't a trade, but... Um, but I heard Pittsburgh wanted Babcock bad. And you know what? Babcock may want to go somewhere where it's a challenge again. You know, he's done pretty much all he can do in Detroit while they're still rebuilding. And sure, you could rebuild that team and bring it back. But, you know, what would your legacy be if you go somewhere like Pittsburgh and do what, 
you know, do with Sid and uh, Sid and Malk and what what you know what what no one else could do, which yeah, is I mean, you know, he's walking in the you know two arguably arguably the two best players in the uh, NHL in their primes of their career. So it's like you know the sky's the limit. Then if he were to walk into that, but you know, there's also that possibility, like you said, he may want to you know do the rebuild situation again. You, you never know, right? So, like I said, it's not really relevant. It really won't become relevant until you get about midway through the season and he hasn't signed an extension. Then the heat starts coming on to Detroit. And uh, the fans and the bloggers and the writers are all going to start putting the heat on because no one, I mean, you're not going to want to lose a Mike Babcock. So I think he's the best coach in the NHL. That's just my opinion. He's an excellent coach. I can't, you know. I can't, uh, I can't say anything really necessarily bad about the guy. He's he's done a hell of a job. He deserves the Jack Adams this year, whether he gets it or not. You know, he deserves it because he. Uh, the past two years with Detroit, they have not had good teams. And, he gets uh, the most out of his players. Yeah, he does. He's he's uh, running a good system up there, and uh, you know, I hope he uh, makes his money. Because Wasn't he a coach of the 2003 Ducks team that went to the final too? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, he was in he was in the Ducks organization, and then he came over to Detroit. So he's, he is he is a very good coach. So well, we'll see we'll see what happens. We will. I think we'll we'll go on to some Hawks stuff right now. Uh, You know, I got a little news regarding, you know, like salary cap stuff, but that's kind of melds into a lot of what we're going to talk about with the uh, Blackhawks. So um, we'll kind of uh, roll that all into one. Uh, So anyway, let's start off with, you know, a good note uh, while the Blackhawks ended on kind of a sour note. Um, We had uh, Blackhawks announcer Pat Foley uh, received an award from the Hockey Hall of Fame called the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award. And uh, it's an award where uh, Foley was selected by uh, by the NHL Broadcasters Association for his longtime work with the Blackhawks. And uh, it's presented annually in recognition of members of the radio and television industry who make outstanding contributions to their pre- profession and the game during their uh, career in hockey broadcasting. And, of course, you know, Pat Foley's been around for you know, 30-plus years. Um, he's really the only announcer I remember, and I'm 40 years old uh, with the Blackhawks. And while today he's, you know, he's got a little silly and hokey and turned into kind of a character of himself, um, classic Pat Foley, there's nothing like it. I mean, uh, you really can't beat classic Pat Foley. I mean, my whole childhood is, you know, Pat Foley calls. So, um what I did, what I actually did, is I threw together. Uh, I borrowed some uh, some clips from uh, from the Blackhawks TV montage that they put together, um, honoring Pat Foley at one of the home games, I believe it was this year. And uh, I threw in a couple extra clips myself, um, just to kind of uh, you know highlight uh, Foley's career. Um, just some, it's a hang in there. It's five, you know, it's five minutes long, but hang in there and listen to it. And uh, I think you'll all get a joy out of it. And uh, so I'm going to roll this now, and uh, we'll uh, 
we'll head right back in right after this is done. So here we go, Pat Foley. Savard, he races over the line, left it for Larmer, back to Savard, moves right in, he scores! Savard! Goulet racing, he's got a break! Goulet for number 500! Alexander Karpatsev in a Blackhawk <laughs> uniform. You know, Karpatsev actually is a is a very good defenseman. I got to qualify my comments by saying he's a good defenseman when he plays. And there's the rub because Alexander Karpatsev looks for any reason not to play. And in his time in Chicago, he is the worst excuse for a teammate I've ever seen in over two decades doing this job. A couple of examples. Ten minutes before a warm-up a few weeks ago, 
My shoulder hurts. And a young fellow, young defenseman who wasn't anticipating playing, had to scurry into his uniform and dress for the game. He was coming back from an ankle injury earlier this season, almost ready to rejoin the lineup, has a collision at practice. I have a concussion. Well, Dr. Karpatsev always had an excuse, always found a way to milk the system. He came to Chicago, of course, in exchange for Brian McCabe, who has gone on to become an all-star in Toronto. But even before that, Brian McCabe was a guy who cared and who tried. The Toronto players, when that trade was made, said, we can't believe we got Brian McCabe for Dean Martin. Well, let me tell you, Alexander Karpatsev doesn't sing. And uh, you're trying to bring along a young team. This is not the kind of veteran that you want around young people in any way, shape, or form. That deal was one of the worst deals in the history of the Chicago Blackhawks. And when Mike Smith writes his memoirs about his time in Chicago, I had the title for that chapter, Disaster. So kudos to Bob Fulford and Dale Talent for being able to get anything more than a roll of tape for this overpaid underachiever. Alexander Karpatsev is now the New York Islanders' problem. That will be his last National Hockey League stop. And uh, he basically, in my opinion, was a disgrace to the uniform when he was a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. As he leaves Chicago, I just have one sentiment for Alexander Karpatsev. Good riddance. We are through two periods in New Jersey. Well, there you have it. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> I know. There you go. Um, you know, good times. Uh, I had to end it with that Karpatsev, uh, that Karpatsev, uh, because that is classic. That is just classic. How he just rips Karpatsev for like two and a half straight minutes, just completely rips him apart. So that that was a great way to end that montage. But um, if that doesn't put a uh, if that doesn't put a, a smile on your face, I don't know what does. Hearing Dr. Karpatsev again, huh? That's Dr. Karpatsev. <laughs> it's classic. Yeah, so. Yeah, good times, my friend, good times. So, you know, we'll move on. Um, uh, as far as Blackhawks news go, um, we... Uh, we have some news with um, the Blackhawks signing Swedish center Dennis Rasmussen, who I really didn't know much about. I don't know if you did. Uh, I did not. Yeah, so... Um, I kind of just know, looked him up and looks like he could just be one of those prospects down the line, perhaps. Right. My first, first impression. Yeah, he's probably a guy who's going to, you know, a depth guy who's going to play in... Uh, Who's going to play in Rockford? Um, you know, uh, he's supposed to be a bigger version of Nordstrom, which he definitely is. He's only about an inch taller, but he's about forty pounds heavier. Um, he was one of the leading players in the uh, for the team that he played for. I don't know what are they called. Uh, but I think it, I believe it's in like the Swedish Elite League or something like that. So, um, yeah, I'm not even going to try to pronounce. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name. Yeah, the yeah. Team you play for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a two way guy. He can play any of the four positions. Um, he's probably going to be, you know, one of those guys that's you know up and down, up and down from uh, Rockford. Uh, 
third, you know, third, fourth line guy, uh, fill in where you need him. He's only, I believe, 22 years old. I can't even begin to entertain what they're going to end up having to do with him. I'd have to see him in camp. I'd have to see how he skates. You can't even really, you know, he is what he is. So, uh, Dennis Rasmussen, welcome to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, in other news, um, it looks like Bowman's going to try and sign Kevin Hayes. We've gone over that. Oh, you know, ad, ad nauseum. Uh, whatever. If you get him, get him. If you don't, you don't. I, I'm not even going to spend too much time on that. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lose too much sleep over that one either. Yeah. Uh, back to, uh, you know, Bowman and his, um, you know, end of the year, state of the Blackhawks, whatever you want to call it. Um, there were, you know, quite a few developments that came up. Um, one of them, which was kind of surprising to everyone, and and I will, uh, and I just wanted to, to um, jump off and say that uh, I believe it was Monday that the Blackhawks uh, announced that they're not going to re-sign. Michael Hanzus, which is not really a big surprise to anyone. So anyone who was surprised or saddened by that, you know, wake up because the guy was just nothing but a boat anchor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you had some priceless uh, photos of uh, the boat anchor <laughs> and then the flying mullet. Yeah, yeah. With the Hawks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just so much ammo, you know, whatever. He gave us what he gave us and... You know, he caught he lightning get, in a bottle with him last year. That's yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, no one expected him to be able to 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 hang in there and be a second line center for any period of time, and he actually pulled it off for a little while. So, you know, kudos I'm to him for he, that. I'm glad he didn't shred his knee like he did seven games into his last tenure with the Hawks. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah. Exactly. It's it's so funny how many pictures they have of him with that flying mullet. <laughs> he only played eight games for the Blackhawks. In that stint, and they still, there's probably, when you look up pictures of, you know, Michael Hanzus and that mullet, a, a good majority of them are in Blackhawks uniform, so. Thanks for the memories, that's all yeah. I'll say about yeah, that well, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, he Sadly, says that, yeah, he says he, he, he wants to continue to play, but maybe someone will give him a chance, but it'll be his last chance. Yeah, sadly, the memory that we'll have uh, of him is the flying mullet from the first stint. Yeah, yeah. You know, he had a couple of good goals. He had a good go- goal last year against Detroit, and he, he had the, uh, the g- he was game on the or- ice for the game tying goal against Boston too, wasn't he? In game six, probably. I, yeah, I think he was. And he scored the game winning goal in overtime against the Kings. Yeah, uh, that's that's everybody's argument on why you shouldn't get rid of him now. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone, <laughs> meatballs just I kill me. I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, oh, come on, seriously? The, the meatballs, they just kill me. They really yeah. do. They just absolutely kill me. You are a meathead. I'm a meathead. <laughs> Dead from the neck up. Yeah. You know, I, I just, you know, bleh. Make me want to puke. Make me puke all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I hey, think I you saw who I said the Hawks should bring back because he's a proven winner, right? Oh yeah, Colin <laughs> Frazier. That was a good one. That was a good one. Here, 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 I got this one. I don't care who owned the Chiefs. I hate it here. Make me sick, my allergy. Puke every time. Yeah, like that. Puke. Uh, you're a goalie. You're supposed to be like that. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's what the meatballs make me do. Uh, 
it, it's it, whatever. <laughs> it is Michael Haynes. We've already spent too much time on him. You know, hey, thanks for the memories and goodbye and enjoy your enjoy your, your one year in Florida or wherever you're going to end up going. And and we'll leave it at that. Thanks for erasing the memories of Sammy Paulson wearing the number 26. That's what I, I'll say. Oh, <laughs> Sammy Paulson. <laughs> well, that's a trade oh for a guy who has mono. That's a great trade, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyway, we'll go back. Um, an interesting development uh, from the Stan Bowman uh, press conference was uh, he wants... he. <laughs> I, no, I, I'm I'm fully in the camp uh, of thinking that uh, he does not want to trash a player who he wants to put on the trade market, which is Chris Versteeg, where he said, oh, Versteeg had a hurt knee and we want to work with him and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? Good knee or not, Chris Versteeg still sucks. So... I think we had that discussion. Why the hell did you trade for him if you knew his knee was going to be screwed up, you know? Well, that, that, that was my argument. Well, even that, or if you heard it with the Blackhawks, whatever the case is, he's not the player that you thought he was going to be. Whatever uh, it is, clear. too, the knee, the knee didn't affect the turnover, so. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, Chris Versteeg. Hey, McCarkin. Dunlop, you suck cock. All I can get. That's what I have to say to Christopher Steig. So um, they said that they want to work with uh, Christopher Steig, so whatever the case is. I mean, who knows if anyone's going to take him, even at that reduced salary. I don't know. Uh, we may have to suck it up and put him on the fourth line, whatever the case. Uh, Stan, you made your bed. You're going to have to sleep in this one probably. Yeah, I said it's unfortunate that the Hawks use their two buyouts because I'd rather have Rostislav Olesh than Christopher Stieg right now. You know, that's funny that you say that because today, today, I looked up to see where Rostislav Olesh ended up because I remember New Jersey signing him to a contract and I was like, New Jersey, they must be high. They must be huffing in New Jersey because... Anyone who signed Rostislav Olish to a contract, and sure enough, he ended up in some like in like the Swedish elite league or something like that. He played ten games for New Jersey and was was you know they figured out what the Blackhawks knew right away and sent him off to like the Swedish elite league and buried him somewhere. So, oh God, Christopher Stig Russell, these names, oh my God, this is a this is a trip down memory lane tonight. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh my God. Rastislav, that's funny that you bring that up because I can't believe that I actually looked that up today. I had not thought of Rastislav Olish in, uh, in in a year now, and uh, we bring you know I looked them up today. And you bring them up in the in the shoutcast, so that's pretty funny. Uh, so anyway, I'd rather have I'd rather have Steve Monador playing on the fourth line than Chris oh. or Steve. <laughs> oh, all right, let's not go that far. Come on. I, I thought, all right, we're done with the buyout talk, right? Yeah, yeah, come on. No, no Steve Monador. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna go that that far. Um, Whose career tanked faster? Will Farrell's or Steve Monador's? I'm gonna definitely say Monador. Because <laughs> at least Will Farrell's got the whole Chad Smith uh drumming thing. He looks like yeah. Chad Smith. 
So, yeah, good times. So back to trade rumors or, uh, <laughs> in the. Uh, How could we top that? <laughs> yeah, in the press conference. Oh my god. Um, you know, it's it's been floated. There's a couple names that have been thrown out there that the Hawks may or may not have on the market. Um, and definitely, I've heard quite a few schools of thought on whether these players are on the market. For Stieg, for sure. We all know that. Uh, Odia, for sure. You know, if you can launch him, get something for him. Maybe uh, Klaus Dahlbeck or uh, Stephen Johns or, uh, you know, in, in a worst-case scenario, Clendenning uh, comes around and... Uh, uh, in another development today, um, Chris uh, Cook from Cooch or Cook, whatever, from uh, what is it, the Tribune, yeah, said that uh, the uh, the Blackhawks are not opposed to re-signing Sheldon Brookbank. And I'm like, didn't we do this dance with Michael Roosevelt? And now you're finally getting off the hook with Hanzus. And off the hook with Brookbank. And you're going to have to re-sign Taves. And you're going to have to re-sign Kane. And you're going to want to sign Brookbank. There is nothing better on the market than Sheldon Brookbank. you got to be out of your fucking mind. Now, do the Brookbank brothers come two for one? Does Wade still get his contract with Rock Vegas? <laughs> yeah, his contract to sit on the bench to be a healthy scratch. Not necessarily. I was at a game where he came off the bench to start a fight, so he is useful for one thing. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a, he's a face puncher for sure. I mean, I guess maybe the worst thing that could have happened to on to us sane people um, is that Sheldon Brookbank actually played pretty decent in the playoffs when uh, Seabrook was hurt, and uh, now you have. The Meatball Coalition. Oh, Sheldon Brooklyn. Blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, come on. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> I thought he did good filling in, but that's all he, that's all he is. He's a fill-in. He's, he's your seventh defenseman. That's at it. best, he's a seventh that's, guy. Yeah. You're not going to have him replacing Johnny Oduya. Uh The chance that... Nick Letty's going to slide up and take OD's place is pretty slim because, you know, it, it's become pretty clear lately that uh, Quenville does not trust Nick Letty. So you're I not going to throw a, him out there. He's another one, though, too, that you could possibly think is on the uh, trade market as well. I, You know what? If you're going to dangle a young player out on the market, it's going to be Nick Letty. He, he's got, uh, you know, NHL... He's got a lot of games. He's got a lot of playoff experience. Um, he could be a top four uh, on a lesser team somewhere, not the Blackhawks. You know, while he should be on the Blackhawks, he has not gotten to that level yet. So, sure, dangled bloody out there. While, you know, it'll sting a little bit. You're not going to like it, but what are you going to get in return? You know, that, that's that's a whole other subject, too, is what you're going to get in return. And we'll bring that up just a little bit later. But um, on top of Oduya, Letty, Versteeg, there have been, you know, Seabrook and Sharp. We've brought this up before, that those guys could necessarily be dangled out there. But again, 
It's not something you're going to openly run around and say, hey, do you want this guy? You're going to want to hang on to those guys if you can. But if someone really wants them and it's a deal that will really make the Hawks significantly better, you may want to unload one of them. Probably maybe Sharp before Seabrook, honestly. I, I know Seabrook had a bad year, but Seabrook is also a top two defenseman on a two-time Stanley Cup winning champion, and he was on you know, Team Canada. He's He had a bad year, but I don't know that I'm necessarily going to quit on the guy just yet. He's not making a terrible amount of money either. I'm not going to quit on Seabrook, but I'll argue that I think he's reached his peak. He's probably got a few more years left of where he's at, but I don't think he's going to get any better than what he's at right now. And I will necess- I will probably agree with you on that. And like I said, I've, I've gone on record saying Seabrook is my favorite player on the Blackhawks. I love Seabrook. I love what he brings to the game. But when you compare, say, Seabrook to Sharp, Sharp is a few years beyond. You know, he is really I- – I can't see Sharp having a year like he had this year. I think he's going to be on the downslide coming real soon. So if you can catch lightning in a bottle, hit it at the right period of time, and unload Sharp – I'm not gonna. I'm really not gonna stay up at night worrying about it. I, I'm not. You know, I'll be surprised if Sharp and Seabrook are both on the Blackhawks next year, start of next season. I just have a feeling that one of those two is going to be traded. They may, but you know, two. Um, and I was listening today to to uh, cheer the podcast from the cheer the anthem guys, and um, they had a, they had a two part series where they. Uh, kind of split it up into two different hours and right at the end uh james from uh from uh from their group uh if you can follow him on twitter he's jim uh n-a-k-i-s on uh twitter uh just as they were going to roll it up he goes they were talking all this second uh second line center stuff and just at the end he goes so there you have it vernon fiddler is going to be the blackhawks second line center by the end of the you know by the end of all this because it's like you know something crazy like you know stan bowman's going to go on the cheap he's going to go out there and get some guy aka michael hanzus who's going to be a year in a year you know a fill-in guy or uh you know the equivalent of marty turco or something like that. He's going to go out on the cheap and find some guy who's who's just willing to play on a winning team to play second line center, and they're going to have that you know that ever present second line center hole until uh, Tevu can come in and uh, you know wall all the meatballs. My argument, what I said um, in my last article on Puck Rant, is bottom line. I think Bowman will chicken out for making a, a deal for. Uh, second line center and we'll have to deal with Ole Jokinen and, and then Bowman will be like, Hey, well at least I tried. That's well, what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, if he makes if he makes any move at all, say, Well, you know, we thought it was gonna work out and da 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 It's the endless second line center hole. And then you got teams like, you know, out in San Jose who's everyone on the roster is a center. It just kills you. But you know, we'll bring more of those names up too as we go on a little bit here. So those are just some of the trade rumors of some of the people who we may see go. And, uh, you know, who knows? Stan may go out there and, uh, you know, surprise us and send someone uh, send someone crazy away. Um, you know, there's a couple of things that come um, with, you know, the Blackhawks not winning the Stanley Cup this year and losing in the conference finals. Uh, 
and they kind of go hand in hand with Quenville and Bowman and their moves and you know people going out there and saying uh, well Joel Quenville has won two Stanley Cups who are you to question what he's done he's winning Stan Bowman's won two Stanley Cups with this roster who are you to criticize the moves he makes well they were they had a team that should have won the Stanley Cup this year and they didn't and there were some very questionable moves that may or may not have led to that. Um, on Bowman's side, you've got moves like trading for Versteeg and that being your big, uh, you know, your big acquisition of the year. And then right uh, near the the deadline, they they pick up Runblad, who I think I've played as many games as Runblad down the stretch. I mean, who's played more games, Kim Janssen or David Runblad? <laughs> And and Kim Janssen may be dead. I think he's in a blue barrel somewhere. Didn't he score in his first game with the Blackhawks? I think he might have. (laughs) I think he might have. And then he disappeared off the face of the earth, never to be seen again. Uh, Yeah. Why? He's probably probably living in that, uh, they call it, cottage. It's on top of that Globe Arena in Stockholm. That's probably where Kim Janssen's at now. (laughs) Something like either that or Drew Peterson got a hold of him. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, while Stan Bowman has made some pretty good moves within the organization, as far as acquisitions go, if you look at the whole work of art, nothing really, I mean, other than Letty, for for Cam Barker, there's not a whole lot that went out there and that he really wowed you on. While he is signed like Jomerson to a nice deal and uh, you know Bickle's deal in a couple of years it may not look so bad. Right now it looks bad, but in a couple of years it may not look so bad. Uh, Kane and Taze, uh, you know, he signed them to some excellent deals. We'll see what he does. You know how he works his magic with these new deals they're going to get. I'm hearing that they may be in the area of nine and a half million a year, which is a lot of money to be paying yeah. two players each. You know, but um, it's, we're yeah, going to see. Yeah, Bowman's got to he's got to step up now and do something because Bowman gave up a second round draft, and the, you know this is a guy who goes out and says he values all his draft picks and and this and that and the other. He gave up a second round draft pick for Runblad, a guy who played like what three games. Didn't play at all in the playoffs. What are you going to do with this guy? I mean, Runblade signed for a couple more years, I believe, or at least one more. I mean, I could look it up right now, but I believe Runblade signed for at least another, you know, another year beyond what's going on here. So yeah, I think, what I think you, it is one more, one more year on him. I mean, they couldn't even trust him enough to play him at all. Ever? Why do you truly give up a second round draft pick for that guy? I mean, uh, let's see. His contract here, capgeek.com. Check it out. Um, I mean, he's making 785000 but he's uh, signed for all next year. So he's kind of like, you know, what Brookbank was. Although I believe Brookbank wasn't making more money. But do you do you trust Runblade as much as you trusted Brookbank? The guy's only 23 years old, too. You know, he's I like Nicoletti's age. I think I would trust Brookbank more than I would trust Runblad just because you've seen what Brookbank can give you, at least. I, I, what do you do with this kid, you know? 
I mean, you got to keep them around unless you can trade them. You can't, you know, when you send them the minor, you send them the minors. You still got to pay his, his, uh, your, his 785,000 is still going to be counted, uh, on the cap. So what do you do with this guy? I mean, when I first got him from, from all I saw, you know, he may be a poor man's replacement for Nicoletti, but considering the Blackhawks didn't do anything with the guy, maybe he's not a poor man's replacement for Nicoletti. So who knows with that, you know, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on, you know, David Runblad, but. A very questionable, questionable acquisition for what yeah, he gave up. Bowman has given up, you know, he, and for Stieg, I mean, he gave up who, you know, Dylan Olson and. Uh, Jimmy Hayes. Yeah. I mean, for Versteeg, for the corpse of Chris Versteeg, from the courts from the corpse of 2010, Chris Versteeg. I mean, now my question is, who really pulled the strings on that Versteeg deal? Was it Bowman, or was it the PR princess John McDonough, who needs to please his fan base that's still stuck in 2010? Yeah, who needs to you know please the Meatball Coalition? Yeah, because they you know if that's the case. Watch out, because Big Buff and uh, Andrew Ladd are coming back. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So I well, don't I know. heard I mean, on the market. Maybe he could be the backup next year. You never oh, know, right? Yeah, that, that Niemi. <laughs> Why did that, stu- that Bowman ever get rid of that Niemi guy? <sighs> He's better than that cross-stink guy. That's question, uh, questionable decisions here. By, or, uh, now you got... Important decisions to be made after questionable ones by Bowman. Yeah, and and, uh, and I'm not calling the Niemi letting Niemi go questionable. I'm stating the Versteeg, the Runblad acquisitions. Yeah, uh, well, we're, we got a little more in depth coming up on the Bowman stuff, but then um, you know, in, in conjunction with the the Bowman moves that are questionable, uh, Quenville had quite a few questionable moves. And while they weren't necessarily um, high-level roster moves, when you're running the playoffs with only three lines, uh, you're playing with fire. And uh, that's really, you know, Quenville's, Quenville's little security blanket with Bolig and, and Kruger and Smith on the fourth line that was that he ran with all year long. Basically, they're the third line, this, that, and the other thing. Well, Bolig played like three minutes a game in the playoffs, which is basically nothing. Yeah, I don't so, even think he broke a sweat. No, I'm so I'm glad we re-signed him for a couple of years because yeah, you can throw that in the questionable Stan Bowman. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, you know, uh, Scratch and Versteeg for for Brookbank, and then the Hawks win the game, and he throws Versteeg back in the game in the next the following game. Well, why? If you're going to go with Brookbank, you might as well just go with Brookbank. If you're going to dress a, a defenseman at Fort Worth and you're going to win the game and he didn't kill you, you might as well just keep rolling with it instead of throwing Versteeg back in the game. But instead, he goes back to, you know, Chris Versteeg. So it makes my head hurt just thinking about it. It really does. Just had a, had a nice two-week vacation from the name Chris Versteeg, but now uh, the old migraine has come back because we keep talking about him. Yeah, well, you know, I, you know, I'm never going to run away from the name Versteeg. So, between Bullock and Versteeg, we're never going to lose that that luster on on the shoutcast. So, just had to have Bullock. Got to reside him for three yeah. more years, three or four, whatever the hell it is. Because uh, apparently his agent was selling him something fierce. 
But he did that with uh, Emery, too. Uh, the year before they won the Cup, he resigned them, like, midway through the year, I think it was. And it was like, are, are people really lining up for Ray Emery's services? He's coming off, you know, hip replacement surgery, essentially. Yeah, he resigned Emery, like, in March. Yeah, and he like did that with uh, Carcillo, too. Yeah, that's a good point. He'd... Yeah. <laughs> so it's... I think every March we're going to have to expect Bowman to re-sign some kind of meatball that's irrelevant to the team. You know, I'm starting to downgrade uh, Bowman's final grade. I was going to give him now that I keep thinking all this, uh, all these signings that he's made, you know, premature. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man. So, you know, again, Quenville's, Quenville's moves, you know, he's won two Stanley Cups, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? He made a lot of questionable moves in the playoffs that didn't necessarily work out. And by bringing Versteeg back, either you're going with him or you're not going with him, you know? Now, the biggest question I have for Quinville, if you scratch Versteeg, why the hell wasn't Pierre Marcouchard in the lineup then? <laughs> you might as well at that point. <laughs> if you're going to dress Sheldon Brookman get forward, I had, to throw in, I had to throw Bouchard's name in here. That's funny because I just recently uh, found my NHL 14 disc and... Uh, I updated my roster, and I'm like, well, I got nothing else to do this summer, so I'm going to play a season with the Blackhawks. And, of course, Pierre-Marc Bouchard is on is, is rated very highly on the Rockford Ice Hogs. So I brought him up for a preseason game, and, boy, he was slow as fucking molasses. <laughs> Just seeing that number made me want to vomit, so I had to send him back down. Good old 96. Yeah, he's terrible. You see, he gets, and the funny part is, like, every time he gets near the puck, the defenseman just push him down. He just falls down and goes rolling into the corner. I'm like, yeah, this, this game is a pretty good simulation of what, what, what really could happen. Oh, that, that, you know, brings that up. I'm putting in NHL 14 later on and seeing what happens with Pierre-Marc Bouchard. I got to see. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but I put a, I put a Dennis, uh, I put Dennis Rasmussen on the Blackhawks, and they actually had a, a Tevu in there. With a decent ranking in there, you know, he actually, you know, had decent numbers. So we went almost an hour and a half without bringing up Teravine. That's <laughs> got to be a record. Well, that wasn't going to last all all night because oh, because I see on the outline. There you go, never-ending second-line center to be. Yep, yep, yep. That's coming up. It's coming up. That's that's next in line. So um, we'll move right on to that. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get to rip it, or we'll we'll move on from ripping. Bowman and Quinville because you get my point. I can only rehash it so many times, but here we are. The, we're very picky when it comes to Bowman and Quinville. Well, you know, that's yeah. I mean, that's what the outside people are going to say. It's oh, how could you? How could you rip a coach and a GM after you won two Stanley Cups? Well, if you pay attention to the Hawks, there's a lot of stuff that's you know head scratching material, and I think we just spent the last. 15 minutes on, you know, everything that they did in the this year. Did or didn't do, yeah. And, yeah. And uh, so, and that brings us to, as you said, the second line center debate, which is going to probably be the, which not probably, will be the biggest point of contention this summer, which is the, the fact that the Blackhawks have no second line center. Andrew Shaw is not a second line center. While he fills in from time to time, and he has filled in admirably from time to time. He's not going to make. He's not going to play the whole year at second line center, and he's not going to be. He, he will not be that guy for you. That so, Saad Shaw Kane line. That was your textbook short term playoff solution 
until they fig- until the opposition figured it out. And right. I'd argue that the Kings figured it out, you know, and that the line wasn't as dominant in Game 7 as it had been. Yeah. And that's all that was. But people have gotten caught up in the whole, oh, that line is fantastic, let's keep it together. And it's not. That's not going to be a long-term answer. Neither no. is loading up Kane and Taves on the same line. That's the other one where I just want to rip my head off. And it's like, that is not an answer to the solution at all. You still don't have a center, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you need a second-line center. And, and the Blackhawks have had that hole for far too long. And they've gotten away with it for far too long. And yeah. it, it's about time they, they moved to the next level and found someone that can sit in that spot you know, while they always, you know, the third-line centers and the fourth-line centers all, all seem to be pretty solid, the Blackhawks need to get someone in that slot that they don't have to rotate around, move around. While they can rotate the wings all they want, they need a second-line solid center. And uh, if they want to, you know, if they want to make another run at this next year, uh, they need to do that. And uh, you and I both touched on this in both in articles that we've posted this week. Um you know, I went out on a, I went out on a tangent. I actually listed a bunch of guys, um, whether they were, they were realistic or not. Um, I listed a whole ton of guys. Some guys were actually, you know, uh, amnesty buyout prospects. Um, you know, we don't even know if they're going to be available, but I figured I would throw it out there because I had heard that these guys may become available in the near future. Uh, So that's what I really put together was a a list of a bunch of guys. uh, I'll just run down the line. Uh, Outside the organization, um, you know, we talked about Mike Richards, and he may be bought out. Um, We talked about Brad Richards, which is never going to happen, but I threw him on the list anyway. Uh, he will be bought out, but the, there's no way the Blackhawks are bringing him in. Uh, uh, Grabowski, formerly of uh, Toronto and Washington, which I really, you know, he's a good player. He's only 30 years old. He only made $3 million last year, but he may get a long-term deal somewhere. Uh, I don't know that the Blackhawks are willing to give a long-term deal to anyone at, at that position. That's where, uh, you know, it's going to be a touchy situation because you got Teravainen. That's the thing with all their prospects at center. I think they're all about two to three years away, so you really don't need a long-term answer at second-line center. You just need a bridge center that has more talent than Michael Hansus. Yeah. Um, you know, Teravainen may, you know, be something next year. He may be. And I'm not going to say he won't be, but... Um, if they don't go out and sign some guy, you got to just pick someone. <laughs> pick Terrifying and say, you know what? We're throwing him in there and we're going to run with him. Or someone, McNeil. I mean, I, I know he's far, you know, he's not, he's projected to be a winger, but what more do you have? Are you going to run the- with Andrew Shaw all year long? You're not. You're not going to run with Andrew Shaw at second line center all year long. I made the argument that the Hawks right now have too many players that make too much money at positions that they're deep at, and what they don't have is the second-line center. And 
you know, if you have to unload one of those guys, I think you almost, I don't want to say you have to do it, but you kind of do just because it's filling your glaring hole on the roster. Unfortunately, uh, I'm going to go on record and say that I don't think Bowman's going to do anything or much of anything. He's going to make a low, low to mid-level signing, if anything at all. Um, that's just he has done nothing to show me that he's going to go out there and make a big splash, big trade, be anything. He's going to give it the familiar, oh, the price was too high. Yeah. For but then the price for Versteeg wasn't too high, you know. So what a yeah. Yeah. He's very very sketchy on how he does certain things when it comes to trades and everything. Yeah, it, it, and it, and especially with trades, he is not going to go out there and and throw. You know, unless he gets some kind of deal that's just sweet as pie, he is not going to go out there and throw, you know, Taravainen in a deal. I, I wouldn't either, but he's not going to do that. Or he's not just going to give Sharp away. He's not going to give Seabrook away for a one-year rental. Unfortunately, he's just not going to do it. That's Stan Bowman. And that's the difference where I would say between there was four guys that I listed. I only did trades for uh yeah. my second line center, and the four that I came up with in order where I think that they would be the best fits was Kessler, Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza, and Vincent LeCavalier. Those were the four that I came up with through a trade, and probably Kessler and Thornton and LeCavalier are probably the better fits when it comes to contract situations where you're not getting a rental because I think Kessler's got two years left, Thornton's got three, I believe, and then LeCavalier said that long-term deal so you know you're essentially you're not getting a rental player you are getting that bridge center for you know two years until Teravainen is ready to play yeah oh my god wait a minute I'm looking at this LeCavier deal I think it was five years 20 something million almost yeah five years 22 and a half million so he's making I mean, four he's, and a half million a year which isn't too bad no, and I think he's still got gas left in the tank. I just don't think that he fit necessarily in with the Flyers' uh, situation. But I also don't think the Blackhawks are going to hang on to him that long, you know? Yeah. What are you going to do with him? And they don't have, you know, there's no buyouts after this. So what are you going to do with him for the three remaining years? Yeah. At $4.5 million a year, I mean, that's going to be an expensive fourth-line center. Yeah. So, yeah, eek, yikes. And he's 34 years old. Yeah. So you're looking yeah, at, he, what, three more years? He's going to be 37 years old. Be expen- but then you could also take into consideration, you know, what the cap will be in three to four years. So yeah, it could be but, like a Bickle situation. But, you know, he, he is up there in age. But, you know, like I said, he, he was one that I would definitely, people would probably say, oh, hell no, I don't want him. But, you know, he definitely, he would fit the need for at least two of the, two of the years. Yeah. And in, in my piece, I, I listed their salaries, too. And the one, I, I can't see it have. Well, I mean, it was announced today that Spezza doesn't even have the Blackhawks on his wave list. So, thank God. Yeah. Because the guy makes $7 million a year. and You, you did not want your second-line center making $7 million a year. Plus, he's got the back issue, too. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? If the Blackhawks don't get him good riddance. He'd um, be a good fit, but, you know, for the right price. And 
in order for that to happen, you'd have to probably pull a few more strings, you know, cap-wise. So he's probably. Oh, you definitely would. Yeah, the Blackhawks only have like a couple million in cap, not even four to five million that they got. So, uh, you know, Stastny will be available, which he's probably gonna he's gonna he's gonna make a lot of money somewhere, but he ain't gonna be with the Blackhawks. Well, I'm uh, sure Toronto will throw a shitload of money his way. Sure, take him. <laughs> or he's going to end up back, uh, you know, taking a hometown deal with the Avs. Yeah. Because, you know, hey, when you got two of the best young wings in the entire league, you know. Yeah, Colorado, they, they could keep Stasny. That'd be a real fun team to watch for years to come. Yeah, I mean, if he knows where his bread is buttered, he's, he'll stay there and take kind of a little hometown discount to stay there and be part of that. And then Toronto can throw all that money at Dave Boland. <laughs> I had a guy bring up Dave Bowen. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know, the, the same Dave Bowen that finished two years ago is the Blackhawks' fourth-line center. Yeah, and can't stay healthy. That's the only thing the Hawks missed about him was that he was a depth insurance center, but he made way too much money and couldn't stay healthy. That was the problem. Yeah. And you can replace that with... Shaw or Kruger, you know. Yeah. If you have a second line center, you have those guys, you know. He and was expendable. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, but uh, Derek Roy's available. Uh, you know, he is what. <laughs> Go down is, that road again. <laughs> yeah, he is what he is. I guess, yeah. but he's available. I Two years get, ago, I was actually crying for him. Oh, come on, give me Derek Roy, but you know, whatever. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah he's been tainted by the by the stinking St. Louis. And Vancouver, wasn't it? Was yeah. it Vancouver? Yeah. yeah, he was in Vancouver, too. Uh, Joe Thornton, it may or may not be available. Some are saying he may be. Others are saying that uh, San Jose will never let him go. Uh, Kessler, of course, which, again, uh, is Vancouver going to trade uh, someone of Kessler's you know, skill set to a team that's in their conference? I don't see that. I'm hearing more and more that he may end up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Which is scary. But then again, if Pittsburgh gives him up, you know, what does their depth look like, you know, down the, you know, in the next year? So, well, yeah, I mean, you 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 have great centers, but it doesn't keep the puck out of the fucking net. Yeah. I mean, you still have flurry in that. You still have that defense is suspect, so it's another, you know, again, Brendan Morrow thing. Yeah. What are you addressing? You're not addressing your problems. So, good. Take him. Take Kessler. Put him in the other conference, and you guys can go suck over there all by yourself. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, and uh, so those are pretty much the guys, you know, outside the outside the, uh, the organization. Uh, Stasny, Roy, Thornton, uh, both Richards, Spezza, uh, Kessler, and Grabowski. Uh, I wouldn't mind Grabowski, and I wouldn't mind Mark, Mike Richards. You know, uh, you know, Mike Richards could fill I the slot for a year or two. Of all the ones that you 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 listed, because you went with the buyout possibilities too. Yeah, yeah, I would say the guy I want is Mike Richards out of everybody. Yeah. Well, he and he can play power play. He can play shorthanded. He's a very versatile player that uh, could have a lot of uses for the Blackhawks, much like how they used Hanzus, even though you couldn't use Hanzus really on the power play. But 
they like that versatility where you can move him up and down the lineup. Richards could do that for you. He's a much better Michael Hanzus. Yeah. So while he, you know, people are like, oh, it's just Michael Hanzus all over again. He's better than Michael Hanzus. He's ten so. years younger than Michael Hanzus too. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not as big. He's quicker, and you know the whole the whole thing. And that's it's, part. That's part of the issue with with Kane is he needs a center that can keep up with him, and that's you know Richards will fall right into that category. Right. Right. Uh, so come on, L.A., and do the Hawks a favor and buy him out. Yeah, no kidding. Which they probably won't do, and it'll probably yeah. fuck my whole plan up. And I'll look back on this and think, what the hell was I thinking? But <laughs> I'm telling you, it's only Yoken. Oh, God. Well, I, heard, <laughs> yeah, I heard you see Jokinen's available as well. Which Yeah, I heard that today, too. Isn't, you know, the worst thing in the world either. Anything's better than what they've got. If if Teravainen isn't ready, uh, you know you got Shaw, Teravainen, uh, Dano, McNeil, Matt Carey, or uh, you know <laughs> Kruger, <laughs> yeah, or Kruger. I mean, what? Not very deep. No, I mean a lot of inexperience. I, I, I don't even know what to do with that. Uh, that's really all I can think of when I. There's no second line centers in there right now yet. I mean, Teravine will be ready. He will be a second line center soon. He may be even, you know, on some teams a first line center, but um, he's not ready just yet. So not until he puts on some weight because he's still about 170, I think I saw. So yeah. I, I think he just, you know. There's no need to really rush him, but you know if Bowman doesn't address the center position, then they're going to have to rush him. And I just think that you know it's not the the right route to take with him if you're so high on him. Well, yeah, and uh, that was another good point that the guys on Share the Podcast were saying about today that um, if for some reason that Teravainen was available on the trade block to trade for something else. And I'm not saying he is, but or he should be. But if he was, the Blackhawks should have fucking played him in the playoffs and burnt that year off his contract. Yeah, that's a great point. And um, you know, you burn that year off his contract and and then send him away. You might as well get what you can out of him while you got him here. You know, because if they trade him away and they didn't burn that year off, they were stupid. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were stupid. And that was an excellent point. It was a very excellent point. So, Although you could make the argument, too, that that might have been one of the sticking points is bring him over here, get him a little bit of taste of the NHL, but not burn the year off of his deal. Therefore, you could use that, hey, you know, he's still got, you know, full potential on the, the entry-level deal. Ugh. So I could see it go both ways, but I'm kind of leaning towards that other way. Yeah, the Blackhawks can't let him go. I mean, that's just the bottom line. He's He's got too much potential. And really, you let him go. What do you have? A whole you lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of nothing. You got Dino and McNeil, which are, you know, depth centers down the road, two, three years down the road. But that's it. You don't have a, a second line guy in there. You don't have a guy with the talent of Teravainen. So, anyway, moving on, moving on. Uh, Back on the defensive core, we've talked about, you know, Brookbank, his contract expired. He may or may not be back. He better not be back. Um, Oduya could be moving. Uh, Seabrook could be moving. 
Um, if someone would actually take Roosevelt, <laughs> maybe he could move, but I don't see anyone wanting to take him. If someone got, wants him, shit, take him for a puck bag. I don't care. <laughs> I got a question for you. Do you listen yeah. to uh, Mac and Spiegel on the score? I haven't, not lately. Thank God. Because one day last week, they brought up the fact uh, point. Um, I think it was Mac that said there's a, a guy out there that's going to be a free agent that the Hawks should go after. Oh, and no. I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, who the hell is he thinking about? And I couldn't think of it. So I'll, I'll let you take a guess at who I'm talking who I'm talking about. A defenseman? Yes. Oh, Christ. I can only imagine. Uh, I can't think off the top of my head. Mac suggested Anton Strahlman. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Come That's on. A, here's my two words for Strahlman. Billy Leno had a great playoffs in 2010. And what yeah. the hell did he do? So, there's my whole argument. It's a flavor of the month thing. I'm not, I do not want Strowman anywhere near the Blackhawks. I don't think it's worth the effort. No. I really don't. Uh, that's, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that one, but, ooh. I yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that one at all. I got a sour taste in my mouth, though. Yeah, I quickly changed the dial on the old radio at work then after that. I didn't hear that. <laughs> I'd rather listen yeah. to the news. <laughs> yeah, That's the kind whoa. of hockey talk I'm going to get. Forget oh, it. Ugh, yuck. wish my satellite radio worked inside uh, the old warehouse. <laughs> uh, well, that's interesting. I'll have to let that digest for a little while. Yeah. Ugh, yuck. Talk about nightmares. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well... You imagine a uh, pairing of him and Oduya? Oh, yeesh. Yeah. It brings back uh, brings back memories of uh, Samuel Apisto. Oh, God. <laughs> I was... Quick story. I was in Columbus for a game, and Lapisto's bringing the puck along uh, up the board from behind the net. And I turned to my brother. I go, he is not going to make a cross-ice pass. As soon as I said that, the pass gets picked off, and, and uh, Columbus scored to go to take the lead. I was like, "It's unbelievable!" And then I don't think Lapisto played the rest of the game. It was his first shift of the first period, and I'm like, if yeah. "That's the last, my lasting memory of Sammy Lapisto." Perfectly Yeah, Sammy Lapisto, who's conveniently located somewhere in, you know, uh, Western Europe or Eastern Europe or something. He's he's over in that fantastic KHL play with Cam Barker. Yeah, <laughs> awesome! What a what a team! That, Come on, that just Mike Keenan just won the Gregorian Cup. Yeah, whatever the hell they call it over there. Yeah, which might get him a job in the NHL now. Oh, I would love to see that. <laughs> uh, good lord. Anyway, wouldn't you like to see him behind the bench in Pittsburgh? Come on. Oh my! There's no way he would he would strangle Crosby our with buddy, his tie. Uh, our buddy Bill Waters was suggesting that on uh, NHL Network Radio. Oh my God! It's just silly. I believe it was Waters, or who was it? I think it was Waters. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it was him. It's complete and utter silliness. <laughs> There's no way that that, that anyone's going to uh, let that happen. I mean, the way he rode Roenick in Chicago and 
the way he rides his stars so hard, Crosby What's, would Crosby would would just he would completely fall apart into a puddle of tears. How long until uh, if Mark Andre Fleury was still a goalie? How long until he takes a swing at him? Well, Mark Andre Fleury <laughs> is already a puddle of piss. <laughs> That's really what he he amounts to at this point in time. He just misses himself. Let's get Luongo on the line. Let's see what he thinks about uh, uh, Keenan. Someone said that he might end up in Florida. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. Luongo's going to love that. Then he's got it all nice. Bad for him. (laughs) He's got it all nice and cushy in Florida, and he's just laying back. Hey, if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. It's 80 degrees every day. And I'm collecting a paycheck. Yeah, Yeah, I'm collecting a paycheck, and my contract isn't bought out. And uh, here, here comes Iron Mike strolling down the. He'll be asking for the buyout as quick, quickly yeah. than you can uh, think. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> what a mess. At least we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, uh, real quick, too, on the coaching while we're on that subject, too. Yeah. How long until Olchek gets a call about a coaching gig? You know, his first... The way I look at it is his first coaching stint didn't go all, all that well. So what's, what's to make anyone think that that any secondary coaching stint is going to go that well? Because I keep hearing his name in Carolina, and now Florida, too. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. And then today I read, though, that it's Biles or Mark Crawford from Florida. So, yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. Because, but those were uh, the two teams that I, I heard his name tied to. Oh. We'd get away from the giggle fest, though, on the tree turdy tree, so. Yeah. There is a positive to some, to some of that. Yeah. Tree turdy tree. Well, it, and we could go on and, and talk about Pierre McGuire, too, getting a GM job somewhere. We can only hope for that. From what I heard, he thought he had the job in Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, he thinks a lot of things. Sadly, none of which are true. Most, peop- most people yeah. think of him, you know. Yeah, most of which are, are completely untrue. But, uh, well, yeah. So back to the Blackhawks. Um, not to get too far off track. Uh, the we we kind of want to touch a little bit on the defensive side. Um, we I kind of mentioned this earlier. I mean, uh, let's let's say Oduya or Seabrook or uh, you know. Brookbank's gone, or Roosevelt leaves, any of those guys. Uh, the young defensemen in uh, Rockford, there are a couple who could see some time up with the big club. Uh, first of which, which is slightly under the radar, because I don't think anyone expected this player to, to uh, you know, really move up the depth chart like he did. And that's Klaas Dalbeck, a big, uh, you know, European defenseman, uh, not extremely quick, but has done a lot of the right things down in Rockford from what I'm hearing. So we could see some Klaas Dalbeck next year. Don't be surprised to see big number 44, um, you know, playing some third-line minutes for the Blackhawks next year. Let's hope it's not uh, Danny Richmond type number forty four. Oh, yeah. 
hometown I told boy. You, I told you these summer, uh, the summer shoutcasts were going to be fantastic. Danny Richmond, oh. Man, you're going to have to make me go back and you know come up with a Steve Passmore, uh, you know Steve Popest. <laughs> oh my God! Well, at least he he made it out as a coach, all right. Yeah. So who's the other one? Darren Quint back from that era. Holy shit! I didn't. John Clem. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Any any of these three guys, Dahlbeck, Johns, or Clendenning, significant upgrades though. <laughs> yeah. From those for sure. <laughs> Yeah. From what I'm hearing, while Clendenning puts up some good offensive numbers, um, he can't, he couldn't punch himself out of a paper bag in the defensive end of the, the ice. That uh, his defense is, leaves a lot to be desired. So that's the, really the only thing holding him back. Offensively, he can play the power play. He plays an excellent offensive game, but uh, you know, he's almost like a you know an AHL version of Latang. Where it's all O, no D, even though he's playing defense. So, um, you know, he could be he could be a bargaining chip for something, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, John's, they better not let John's go. Because that guy's a beast. Uh, he's uh, probably in the mold of, like, a, a bigger Seabrook almost. Where he's just punishing, he just lays some punishing hits. Well, he may not be the quickest guy on the ice, he can lay out some punishing hits. So it's going to be nice to see him, hopefully, on the, the ice for the Blackhawks at some point in time, if not next year or the year after. So Yeah, I think it's depending on if any moves are right. made for a second-line center. If, if we see a lot of these guys next year, a lot of either Johns or Dahlbeck next year. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot. The Blackhawks are in pretty decent position right now. Um, most of their guys are signed. Uh, you know, only a couple free agents. Uh, the Blackhawks have to decide what they're going to do about Anti Ranta. If they're going to bring him back, uh, which I'm assuming they probably are going to try and do, unless he gets some ridiculous offer sheet somewhere, which I wouldn't put it past people, someone in Philly, but uh, <laughs> or San Jose. But uh, I just yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, so you might you, sh- you know it's fifty. You, you never but. know with Calgary though. That's the one team that I'm always thinking about, just uh, pulling shit out of the you know a rabbit out of their hat doing stuff. So that'd yeah, be who knows? Maybe the one Ward, team I keep an eye on. Yeah, if Cam Ward gets bought out, they could go for him. Yeah. If Mark Andre Fleury gets bought out, they could go for him. I would think though that they would probably go the uh, the younger route. That's well, just my thinking. Yeah, they got a couple of young guys there, but who knows? They they may need some kind of semi-veteran in there. Yeah, you know. You know but I, I can't see Brian Burke, you know, being all that happy with Mark Andre Flory. Maybe Cam Ward, but Flory, yeah. I, I, I could see. I would, the, uh, I would put Cam Ward ahead of Flory, honestly. Yeah. So I don't know if you heard it too, but uh, I read somewhere that Ranta said that he wants to come back and give. Uh, Crawford a run for the money on the starter gig and as soon as I heard that I'm like dude you do know Crawford's making six million bucks it's not going to happen yeah even if Ranta makes two million Crawford's making six million dollars a year for like you're not going to give him a run for the money on the starting job either yeah yeah, you'll be up in arms over that yeah Uh, I can't see that 
I thought think was, that I got a good chuckle out of it. But. He could think that all he wants, but Ronda's yeah. not going to end up the starter here. So, uh, yeah, uh, the Blackhawks probably should re-sign Ben Smith. Other than that, everyone else is pretty much signed for uh, for next year, which is uh, good news for the Blackhawks. Uh, we just, you know, we're just going to kind of wait around for free agents, free agency to see if the Blackhawks make some kind of move, maybe around the draft or free agency, for uh, you know one of their glaring holes, which pretty much their only glaring hole, which is second line center. So we shall see. Maybe we'll get uh, David Legwand in here. Oh my God! <laughs> now there's someone you can compare to Michael Hanzus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another boat anchor. So just wrapping things up. Um, recently, like the last couple of days, um, it was announced that uh, there will be a Winter Classic and a Heritage Classic game, and that's it this coming year. Uh, the Winter Classic uh, is in Washington, playing, uh, I guess, in the National Park, uh, which will be, you know, the Capitals against whoever. Someone, you were just saying something about, you know, someone said it was going to be the Blackhawks and the Capitals, but I can't see that. I uh, think people, if, you know, people are bitching and moaning about the Penguins being on all these outdoor games. Can you imagine if the Blackhawks got in another one? Yeah. yeah it, it just, I'd rather see the Capitals play somebody different. Yeah, I, I don't even know what they're going to do there. It's and, and to me, two outdoor games, more than enough. Yeah, I think two's play. Excuse me. Even though I did enjoy the L.A. game last year, just because it was different, I don't think you need to do a warm city, you know, a warm weather outdoor game every year either, because that will get really old really quick too. Yeah, well, that's that's the other part of this is that uh, I guess the Heritage Classic or other outdoor game is going to be. Possibly in San Jose or played in the new San Francisco Stadium, I believe, from what I heard, from where the uh, where uh, the Diners are going to play. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I don't even know what to think of that. San Jose and whoever. I don't. Know. I, I really don't have an opinion either way on that. If the Blackhawks aren't involved, yeah, I don't really don't care. Yeah, so. I've watched the games, but it's like you know, to me, yeah. it's you know. They like said when he got to six last year it was that's too I, much. Honestly, the, the, even the Penguins and the Hawks game last year, I was like, all right. And those two games in New York, that that was ridiculous. Yeah, because the the second one, no one cared about. Yeah, middle of the week in Super Bowl week too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was that was a, that was terrible planning. So yeah. um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens this year, next year, maybe. Maybe next year the, there's rumors of uh, Colorado and or Minnesota hosting games. Uh, I don't know. I don't know at this point in time. It's too early to even tell. So we'll uh, oh, we'll kind of let that uh, we'll kind of let that work its way out for the summer, and we'll discuss it more later, I guess. Um, uh, you you put together something here about the World Cup of Hockey thing. Um, I don't know. I've heard, you know, I've heard that, you know, uh, based on the schedule, are there, is the NHL really going to want to do that? 
Because I think I believe it would be what, like you know, like late summer, early spring, right before training camp. Yeah, I heard it'd be uh, September. Yeah, I mean, are you really gonna want to do that? All your names over. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not big on it. Well, it's kind of like the World Baseball Classic, you know. Yeah, no one gives a shit. <laughs> no one. <laughs> no one really cares. No, no one cares at all. I mean, people pay attention to the Olympics once every, you know. <clears throat> four years or whatever it is and uh, uh yeah don't oversaturate it with this stupid thing uh i, I i'm not I, I you know i may watch it but uh i'm not a you know, i'm not gonna run around and toot my horn saying that it's got to be done because i'm not uh but I'm you do fun. have you do have a uh uh, promote promotional tool now you could write in the the tweet hey world cup talk and people will get on board of what hey what the hell are we talking about oh, oh the wrong yeah. world cup <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah I, you and i i think are the only two people who aren't pretending to be soccer fans at this point in time yeah i will not I watch just it don't get it i will not watch it i have no people interest are- in it whatsoever i don't want to read any tweets about it it i don't care i don't hey. care I had somebody call me basically unpatriotic last night because I wasn't, you know, I said I, I was not pretending to be a soccer fan and come back with it to me with the, it's about America. Oh, please give me a break. It's just, it it's, if we're acting like soccer is America's game, that we're a bunch of idiots in this country then. No, no. And while I love, you know, a lot of bloggers and stuff, it's become like the... Yeah, the cliche thing to like soccer, to know anything about soccer, European soccer. Uh, it, it's not for me. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I was over in England for two weeks or for three different weeks. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and while I was over there, I had no interest in it. While I was over there, either, I just don't. Yeah. It's it, I, it doesn't it doesn't entertain me. It's Let's keep the keep the World Cup talk about World Cup of hockey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and even that, we probably won't really care about either. No, no, I don't. I, I really don't care. Will that be the poor, poor man's NIT tournament of the? Uh... <laughs> yeah, no shit. Will that be a step down from the world championship? Yeah, they're they're gonna bitch about the Olympics, but uh, you know they're gonna yeah. do the stupid World Cup. Oh, well, that's because the NHL gets all the money from the World Cup. That's why. Yeah, all uh, comes down to that dollar. Yeah, hockey related revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really where that's that's going to kind of wrap things up for the most part um i just want to take uh i want to give a little bit of a shout out to the uh the team usa uh inline hockey team uh while they didn't come home with a gold or silver um they did t- they did bring a bronze home um a buddy of mine zach lane uh was the backup goalie on that team uh he he Got some playing time. I'm proud of him. You know, I played on I played on a couple teams with him. Guy's an excellent goalie and a great kid. Just uh, uh, I'm going to actually probably do an interview with him come in the near future. You know, just on his experiences of going over to Czech, Czechoslovakia and uh, and you know what it was like for him over there. So maybe that you know maybe you guys will be interested in that. But um, shout out to that team, Pat Lee from Chicago and. Uh, Zach Lane from Chicago, both represented, uh, or both represented Team USA, and uh, you know, hey, shout out to them. 
that they lost in a shootout, which I think is a fucking ridiculous way to go out in a medal round. Uh, <clears throat> but they lost in a shootout to Canada. So, you know, could have went either way. And uh, they ended up winning big um, against Sweden for the bronze. I think it was like 7-4 or something like that. And uh, Finland actually beat Canada for the gold. So, uh, you know, hey, congrats to them. So that's that. Uh, that's that. Uh, it's just the final thing I kind of wanted to touch on. Uh, get a shout out to those guys, and uh, pretty much that's going to wrap things up. Um, uh, I'd like to uh, give a little shout out to my man John at Black and Tan Sports uh, on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash Black and Tan Sports. Uh, any league jerseys you want to have made, he'll design them for you. Uh, I was just looking today. He uh, designed a, an interesting uh, Hamilton Mustangs jersey, kind of. Um, yeah, the other day he did a uh, like a Mystery Alaska type jersey. Uh, he's really good. He's really good. He, he does a lot of good stuff, and uh, it's the sublimated jerseys, so they the, uh, the numbers don't fall off or anything like that. Or he can get you, you know, an official, uh, you know embroidered jersey blackhawks whatever the case it is it's not you know you're not talking about a, a china jersey from china where the the logos look weird and all that other stuff i have my uh my seabrook jersey that he got me it's an authentic jersey uh, he custom uh he had custom patches sewn on from the 2013 and 2010 stanley cups uh it's one of my prized possessions i love it so he did a really good job on that. So if you, uh, if you uh, visit his Facebook page, facebook.com, Black and Tan Sports, or uh, slash Black and Tan Sports, uh, hit him up. He uh, does an excellent job. Uh, while the jerseys are, uh, you know, they're, they're comparable. Comparable. So uh, check him out. Um, and uh, just uh, as we wrap things up, uh, Pat, uh, my, my partner in crime here, uh, you can... Get them on the Twitters at Patrick underscore Stankus at PuckRant.com. And uh, if you found me by mistake through the uh, through the iTunes or anything like that, it must really obviously be my mistake. But, um, yeah. At least you're honest. <laughs> yeah. It must really be. I mean, if you found me and I, you, without going to my blog first... Uh, you really uh, just stumbled over something. But I'm at puckandhostel.com, blackhawksnews.com, and blackhawksblog.com. And uh, you can find me on the Twitters and uh, Facebook uh, by searching uh, Puck and Hostel as well. And uh, the final shout-outs to my boys, all my fellow bloggers and writers in the Chicagoland area, the guys that committed Indian and uh, their podcast, uh, which is uh, live from the five hole, the hockey night group who has their um, gone to drinking this weekend. I believe it's like about uh, seven o'clock at uh, uh, downtown uh, Galway Bay. Uh, they uh, it's like thirty bucks a head, I believe, and they give the uh, uh, you know the money goes to a charity, which is really cool. I you know. I couldn't be prouder of those guys, you know, that they, that they do stuff for charity like that. That's really cool of them. And it's a good time. Drink some lore, laugh, have a good time. I wish I could make it, but I have plans, which always seems to be the case when they have a gone of drinking. But hopefully I can make the next one. Uh, Chris Black uh, at the Third Man Inn and Puck Chatter Radio. Best uh, 
Blackhawks prospect guy you can ever uh, imagine. Uh, you know, he he knows his Rockford, he knows his his Blackhawk system. So give that a give him a, a follow and a, a listen to uh, you know his puck chatter radio when when he has his next one. Uh, he's he's good and uh, the cheer the anthem guys. Uh, those they have their uh, cheer the podcast. Uh, they're uh, they're great. You know, great guys. Give them a listen. Uh, there's always room for everyone's podcasts here. So uh, if you listen to everyone's podcasts, you should because you know it gives you a nice. Uh, it gives you a nice variety. It gives you a nice variety. So and uh, lastly, the the guys at Blackhawk Up, Black, yeah, Blackhawk Up. Uh, the, uh, bunch of good guys over there too. So, uh, Pat, uh, you got any shout outs? Um, you know, I'll take a different route. Um, for the Western conference final, the guys from the Royal half were fantastic and they were, you know, like I said, they're right up my alley with the sarcastic comments. So, uh, kudos to them since, uh, you covered basically all the Blackhawks ones that I, uh, read and listen to. So, uh, just to give a shout out to them, uh, the Royal Half and the Crown Royal blog. They're pretty good people. If you've got a good sense of humor, they're a good laugh. Like I said, the back-to-back full season champions. If you don't get a laugh out of that, then you need to check your sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, that that is an excellent point. I'm glad you brought that up. Those are they're they're good guys. They're funny, and uh, they're down to earth. Which is you don't see a lot of that in a lot of fan bases that that are you know, so I kind of feel like uh, they're like the the redheaded stepchildren of the Blackhawks blogosphere. They they're they're cool guys, and while I don't know them personally, everything I've read or listened to from them, uh, you know, I, I I respect. So, you know, congrats to them, and uh, they they know how to have fun with uh, social media. So yeah. You know. In this day and age of being politically correct, you got to give a, a salute to them for having the sense of humor. I completely agree. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. So, so that'll about do it. Uh, we'll hopefully reconvene in a couple weeks. Uh, I don't know what we'll have to talk about, but I guess we'll just have to kind of play it by ear. Um, so, uh, good night, and don't be a meathead. Thank you again for coming down here and joining us tonight. I hope you had a great time because we sure did. And we will be back. You've been great. We've been Megadeth. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.